Welcome back, welcome back. This is the podcast called Created for More. I'm not sure why I said it like that. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of talking to my friend Sharon, who lives in New York, White Plains specifically. Wow, I really love Sharon. She's such a delight. She is also the only person who got me to go on a run when we were on the world race. Uh, just a little fun fact there. She loves to run. Anyways, hope you enjoy the conversation. Here's Sharon. Where are they now? Morgan! <laughs> hey, Sharon. <laughs> You're in White Plains right now, correct? I am White Plains, New York. Oh my goodness. Gotta love it. <laughs> yes. Um, is that where you went right after coming home as well? Like, when we got back in August of last year, did you move back, move right back in with your parents in White Plains? Yes. So when we came from Ecuador, um, Ashley and I actually were in Fort Lauderdale for a few days. Oh, yeah. I forgot and about that. All of a sudden, we started getting phone calls from our parents telling us to get out of Florida ASAP. And, <laughs> and and meanwhile, the sky was bright blue, the sun was shining, and we were getting ready to have like a nice relaxing time, you know, just kind of <laughs> our own debrief. Yeah. And then I think it was mostly my parents who kept calling were like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I felt bad. But um, yeah, so a hurricane was coming and we kind of had to leave right away. I, I left like in the middle of the night. Um, and I kind of like, yeah, it was crazy because my church, I found out later that my church had planned this whole big like reunion thing at the airport. They were going to come with signs and balloons and it was going to be huge, but I ended up coming home two days earlier than planned and Mm -hmm. it ended up only being like a few people who could meet me at the airport. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's kind of sad. I know. So, I mean, it ended up being good. Um, it was my parents, my brother, um, and an aunt and uncle okay. uh, drove up. So, I mean, it was small, but it was good. Yeah. You know? Like more intimate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So my parents picked me up. I kind of went there and uh, to their house. And that's when I saw my dog for the first time in a year. Wow. So that was... <laughs> And she gave you the cold shoulder. Yes, I know. I was expecting like one on YouTube. You always see like the soldiers <laughs> coming home and the dog like going crazy. But <laughs> my dog kind of like sniffed me and walked away. Oh my god! <laughs> so she broke my heart for a little bit. But um, yeah. I can picture that so perfectly yeah. too. I just imagine your face, your demeanor, your body language, yeah. and then just all of a sudden, like, wah, wah, she just yeah. like walks away. Yeah, so that's um, very funny. Yeah, she has since warmed up to me, but it was Great. it was funny. Yeah, so I kind of like jumped in back into living here with my parents. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that, that, yeah. I can't believe that was a year ago yeah that's really crazy I mean I feel like that was the same situation for a lot of people from the squad as well like just going back to either where you were already living or for a lot of people for anybody who already had their own apartment or something like that and they had to 
you know, like their lease expired or whatever, and then they had to go back to their parents until they figured something out. So I think a lot of us were going back to a pretty familiar place rather than just picking up with something new, you know, whenever coming back. Right, right. Do you feel like that gave you a sense of, like, all of a sudden you're back where you were before the race, like physically, just in the mm-hmm. same house or whatever? Did mm-hmm. it make you feel kind of like, what just happened? Did I even leave? I don't know. Did it like um, put you through any kind of weird feelings like that? Uh, I think so. I'm trying to remember back. Yeah, I was think a it was while just ago. yeah. No, it I, it just it was like a weird moment because I remember even when my parents picked me up from the airport and they were like, you know, where do you want to go eat? Like, let's go eat. And I remember thinking, no, I'd rather just go home and wow. have whatever's there, you know. And so, because it was just, it was just like a weird moment of, oh, I, the squad's not here, you know, like, like, where is everyone? I, like, I'm literally, it's literally just me, you know, like, and nowhere really to be at that time. So, yeah, it was, it was a a mix of emotions. Definitely a mix (sighs) of emotions. Gosh, you're (laughs) reminding me of things that I even felt too. Like getting, like even stepping onto an airplane by myself for the first time in a long time. Like I, I cried so much that first flight away from the squad. I was sitting between two strangers and I'm sure they thought that I was on my way to a funeral or something. (laughs) Like I was crying so much, but definitely just that sort of surreal moment of like, oh, it's just me now. Mm -hmm. And even when whenever I'm back around my family or around like familiar faces it's like yeah all of a sudden I'm not mm-hmm. walking around with a cohort of 40 people right right yeah <laughs> definitely a mix of emotions yeah yeah what was that period like then of those first few months back at home I mean getting into the holidays it was honestly a pretty unique time to to come back where I think it gave people time to ease back into things, but then there were also some exciting things coming up like Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, were you working as soon as you got back or did you take your time with all of it? Yeah. So I got back. Um, yeah. Right around Labor Day. Um, I remember I met up with a few of my friends just to like catch up. And then um, my parents were gracious enough to invite me along on their cru- their um, their annual cruise. Wow! And so I got to go away with them. Um, it was a cruise from. I actually went back to Fort Lauderdale where I had just come from. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the hurricane ne- wasn't even that bad. And then, <laughs> and then um, we we took the cruise. But I just remember like sleeping a lot, journaling a lot. Um, and just being overwhelmed by like hmm. the amount of food and the amount of just like I don't know like choices and yeah, stuff yeah choices like I like I never wanted to go like they had like choices where you could go to the buffet or you could like be served and I remember thinking like I never want to go to the buffet because like all of the food you know we we came from some third world countries you know so it was like yeah it was overwhelming um so I definitely spent a lot of time in my room that for that week um, wow yeah just like I wrote a lot in my journal I looked up through all of my pictures um, mm-hmm. from the year so that was fun um, what else and then when I got back um, I started 
to do a series at my church, um, kind of talking about the trip, um, just kind of giving an update to a lot of my fundraising support, just kind of letting them know what went on. Yeah. Um, even though they were reading my blogs, it was it was weird because they would ask me things I forgot. <laughs> um, yeah. They would be like, so Sharon, about this. And I'd be like, oh, where did you hear that? And they'd be like, we read it on your blog. <laughs> Wow. So that was, what great that was a, readers. Yeah, that was a weird experience. Um, but it was good to kind of like give them updates and kind of give them a little bit of my heart away. Um, yeah. So that was like a Friday night series that my church allowed me to do um, to show some pictures and give updates about the different countries we went to. So I did that for September, October, November. Um, and then around I'm trying to think then I started working for Amazon just as a part-time um shopper I forgot about that yeah yeah so that was a cool opportunity that kind of just came up um because I didn't really want to start back full-time anywhere at that point because I had just gotten back and I kind of just wanted to slowly get back into the swing of things um Mm -hmm. and so yeah so I ended up working there um I think I started in October um, oh, wow. of last okay. year and then I kind of did that through the holidays um yeah wow um, yeah so that was a lot of I feel like yeah. that's a nice balance I feel like of getting to process your race mm-hmm. a little bit for lack of a better term I feel like we heard those words a lot yes. on the race about <laughs> yes. processing yes. <laughs> um, but it does sound like those first few months at home you were able to talk to people share your heart mm-hmm. look through all your pictures journal think about things reflect a little yeah. but then also start making money on the side and kind of get back to work without yeah. uh, sort of committing to something really huge I guess yeah yeah definitely and then we also had project searchlight um Oh, yeah. So that was fun to kind of get to see um, a lot of the squad for a little bit. Um, and then we had uh, Mig's wedding in November, oh, wow. <laughs> which was a lot yeah. of fun. So I feel like there are all these moments where we got to kind of be together mm-hmm. and kind of like be together, but outside of the race, if that makes sense. You know, that's so true. And know? right then in that those initial months home too, mm-hmm. like you're saying, that's mm-hmm. so cool. We had yeah. two very good opportunities to all reconnect. Yeah, yeah. In person. Yeah. So I think that was also very like a good time for me also just to kind of like be together, but also like outside of this kind of culture, race culture, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that. Because I feel like the race has a very specific like there are certain words that we probably wouldn't even use now in yeah. our everyday life. <laughs> probably. So, like, the race has a specific culture, and so we were able, but, like, we were all able to still kind of be, like, I don't know, like, distant cousins coming together for a little bit <laughs> and then, like, disperse again, you know? So, yeah. Um, so that was fun. And then January came. Um, I was able to volunteer at the Passion 2020 conference in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, you loved it, right? That was an amazing experience. Um, mm. I like part of my testimony is um, Passion 2010 conference. Mm. So it came like full circle that I was able to actually volunteer oh, Passion 2020 and kind of just, you know, creating that experience um for young people to experience god as they as we brought in the new year um and so 
it was that was exciting I'm so glad I got to start 2020 that way yeah (laughs) so um because we all had no idea what was coming um true (laughs) (laughs) so true yeah I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of like the timeline I should have wrote something out before no it's all right I mean broad broad ideas is good enough for me like just that general track of you adjusting back to American life Mm -hmm. and being back in White Plains being back in New York did you end up going to New York City and like revisit your city again yes yeah actually you came too Morgan what month was that that we met up in Grand Central one of my favorite places right before (laughs) right before PSL oh that that was early wow that was earlier than I it was so soon probably like three weeks after we got home okay okay or two that's crazy or yeah three we went to Central Park you got to yeah we ate hot dogs we did (laughs) (laughs) what was the most new york thing like very cliche new york thing that we could have done walked through central park and get hot dogs yeah yes yes i really loved that yeah yeah and then i'm trying yeah so i think being home was just it was like this weird tension between like was it all a dream and like what was its purpose in my overall like life story oh yeah do do you feel like you've come up with an answer to that one uh I think you know after months of quote-unquote processing (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and what's interesting too is that well I'm like I'm one of the older ones from our squad Mm -hmm. you know I'm 35 now and so I feel like the race came at a time in my life when I had already had a lot of different experiences and so yeah. the Lord kind of called me to it almost like a pause and kind of like where I could learn more about him, learn more about being obedient to him as opposed to just following this, chasing this like American dream. Yeah. Um, Which you were doing before, right? Yeah. You were kind of running the rat race. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mm. was caught in this nine to five job cycle like I literally lived for the weekends um and it was it was rough not that it's wrong but I think as believers we are called to his purpose for us Mm -hmm. and a lot of times we get caught in what's my purpose in the world verse if that makes sense yeah like what the what our society has kind of put the expectation on us or what our world has told us to value exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and so I think being called away for those 11 months the Lord kind of opened my eyes to say look they're so like the world is so much bigger than me going like clocking in every day and making this paycheck you know and living for the weekend I'm still going to church, still reading my Bible and doing all these things. But he opened my eyes to say, look, Sharon, like I have more for you. Like there's more I want to do through you. So, gosh, um, yeah. So that's kind of what I believe that the Lord is doing. Yeah, I love that you use the phrase like pause that he wanted you to kind of pause where you were, Mm -hmm. take you out of that American lifestyle or the rat race or whatever. And I'm glad that you mentioned your age just because that does give good context Mm -hmm. for anybody listening. 
um, that you were in a totally different stage of life than I was, than, you know, several of the other people on the squad, Mm -hmm. most of us, I guess. Um, We had a lot of like mid 20s, kind of late 20s. (laughs) But yeah, there were a few of you who are in your 30s. and, And I think it's such a beautiful testament to the step of faith that you took to completely stop the track that you were headed on Mm -hmm. and like you said even if it was good and valuable and decent like even if it was um a a good thing that you stopped what you were doing and then kind of broke off onto this other path Mm -hmm. and um, so much good coming from that as well do you feel like based on your 11 months away now that you're back do you feel like it changed the way that you live your life back at home even though you were you know, in the same house, the same city that you were before leaving, mm-hmm. your work situation's a little different stuff now. We'll get to that. But like, do you feel like just your everyday way that you are, like, was it impacted by your 11 months overseas? Yes. <laughs> but the, yeah. Yes, yes. And I keep using the word tension. I keep, I feel like I use that word a lot lately. But like, there's mm-hmm. this tension between like being aware of where my heart should be versus falling back into old patterns Hmm. um I think like the other day oh the other day uh there was this um gentleman in my church he um has been doing outreach to just like an acquaintance um and I won't like use names but this acquaintance is is um recently homeless through like no fault of his own of his own Hmm. and like my heart just like broke for the situation and he brought it to our prayer group and you know we prayed through it but then like after leaving the prayer call I was like there has to be more that we can do we can't just like prayer is good Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong but there has to be more like we can't just have this person like that we know I don't know personally but we can't just have him out there like we have to be Jesus hands and feet you know mm-hmm. and I feel like that was a thought that wouldn't have happened before the race I would have just been like oh yeah we prayed and you know this guy he's got it he's helping him it's all good but like a part of me was kind of convicted and I was like no we have to do more um, mm. and so you know I kind of you know donated uh, certain items and things like that and I still feel like I should do more but um yeah in the past it would have been like we prayed for him all's good you know yeah (laughs) like now right like we have to tangibly be jesus hands and feet you know yeah it's like more activating right Right. i feel like like a lot of times especially in the american church we say all the these nice cliches but at the end of the day like what did we actually do I think that's such a good point. It makes me wonder, like, you went back to your same church, Mm -hmm. right? Whenever going home. Did you feel any sort of, I mean, maybe I'll use your word, any sort of tension with what you had experienced overseas with churches and other cultures? um, And then going back to your home church, like, was there any sort of, like, uh, feelings that you had of, like, this is not where I'm at anymore or I wish that that it was more like this Mm -hmm. or did it just feel comfortable and you were able to kind of slide right back in yeah and that's where the tension comes in because it was yeah I think also a lot of people were reaching out and looking to me to say Sharon please bring what you learned on the race back to us oh interesting so like I got that a lot like you know you need to like teach us and be more vocal and do all these things 
But then at the end of the day, I'm like, is that even my role? Like, is God, is that what I, you know, like, I don't know. Like, yes, it was, yes, it was comfortable. Um, But I think a lot of people were like, well, you had this amazing experience. You should bring that fire back to us, you know, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really think that was my role. Um, Like I did do it a little bit with my, you know, with my speaking on the Friday nights, but I, yeah kind of I don't know I don't know what my role is there but yes to your question yes yes and yes (laughs) (laughs) wow oh yeah and that's I think something I've heard from several people of them coming back I mean I went back to my church for a little bit and then uh it definitely felt like some sort of weird like there, there should be more mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know I just like felt different things mm-hmm. I was talking to Amanda Warden on our podcast and talked about how even the rows of seating really messed oh. with me <laughs> and I felt so constricted and stuff so there was like a little bit of uh these sort of weird thoughts that I had but then I ended up going back out to alumni lead and so I wasn't back at my original church for very long and then by the time I came back you know COVID was right. in full swing right. so uh, I did not go back to an American church until I was on my way to Texas to come down here and live with Melissa oh, and her yeah. family. And I stopped in Waco and visited Madison mm-hmm. and she went to try out a church. And I realized it was the first time I had been in an American church in since like, oh, wow. oh gosh, maybe December or November mm-hmm. of the year before. Wow. So yeah, just really crazy. Wow. But yeah, yeah, I mean, my church, I like everyone is definitely like on fire, but like mm-hmm. in their own way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we only know what we right. know. Like we, right. we are only acting based out of our own experience. Right. And so it would only make sense yeah. for if the majority of the people in your church had been raised a certain yeah. way or had been in that church and grew up in that church or that area whatever right. that they would act a certain right. way and for you of course it would make sense that you have this dramatic experience overseas that you see faith expressed in all these different mm-hmm. ways to then come back to that and right. feel you know like oh I'm back in my home church and this is right. comfortable but also at the same time what exactly is my role now and what can I bring up or address right. and what is just stuff that I need to kind of reconcile with personally right right it's tricky yeah. yeah now looking back on your 11 months what sort of sticks out to you now that it's been over a year at this point that you've returned like are there certain months that really stick out or like whenever I feel like we would always hear from alumni or like from our squad leaders that I mean Alex our squad leader would talk about how it took him he felt like two years after his race for him to truly feel like he had an understanding of what the race meant mm-hmm. to him and what lessons he mm-hmm. learned. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but for some people, you know, it might take that right. long. But um, looking back on it now, what do you feel like really sticks out to you? Yeah, I think month one in the Philippines was yeah. like, I'm so glad I started the race there. Um, because wow. there were just so like, I loved our ministry opportunities I loved our living situation, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, starting out in the team, like living community was hard, but I think the perfect place to start was where we were, Um, kids international ministry. So that was a lot of fun um, ministering to the kids. 
Um, and there were three teams there, right? Like your team and then two others? Uh, two teams. Or was it just two? Yeah, it okay. was two teams. And then there was another team close by, so they would visit every now and then. Oh, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, so it was our two teams. And um, yeah, so that was definitely a, a memorable month and one of my favorite opportunity uh, mm-hmm. ministry-wise. And mm-hmm. then Eswatini, Swaziland. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm triggered. Yeah. I know a lot of people did not like that month. But I, I think I grew a lot in that month. That was also the month where I almost went home. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was just a rough month because it was an all squad month. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I was always surrounded by people. Um, Even though I was blessed to have one of the rooms in the little house. um, it mm-hmm. was just like it was constant like and as someone who needs space um that month like there was no space you know for anybody mm. <laughs> you know yeah that's <laughs> so, so true we were all stepping all right, over each other right and so but even in that month like it's the moments where like Stephen, our host um he would invite people to go running with him in the mornings um usually it ended up just being myself and amanda warden but I like oh, yeah. looked forward to those times because I was out in the open road and just like running, you know, my little slow heart out. <laughs> Moments like those, I think, were like sweet reminders of like God's grace. You know, I would like come back mm-hmm. and be like, I think I can make it another day. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. And then also um, for ministry, I was with um, Macy and Hannah Green. Oh, yeah. wow. And yeah. So, we had a lot of great conversations, and then our ministry host, uh, Brittany, who actually just married a Swati man um, in Eswatini, oh, yeah. she um, she was a race alumni, so we had a lot of great conversations um, just about what being on the race meant. Um, we had a lot of conversations about, you know, being, you know, one of the minorities, like African-Americans on squads and things like that, and so... I feel like Mm -hmm. all these little pieces, these reminders were God just saying, just wait, like you don't need to quit early, you know? Um, And then it was also my birthday month. And so I remember the squad throwing myself and Eva, we had the same birthday. (laughs) We had uh, Uh a pizza party. And so like all these little reminders were God saying, like, I know you're, you know, struggling a lot internally, but these were all like little moments of grace, I feel like, you know, so. That is so cool. Even though it was one of my hardest, most challenging months, like I look back on it now and I'm like, these were all sweet reminders of God saying, like, I got you. So. Wow. What a great way to look at that. And which is interesting because a lot of people look back on that month and they remember like the bus rink and the, you know, the men, (laughs) you know, cat calling and things like that. So. I feel like once I survived Swazi, it was, <laughs> I think I was a little bit more peaceful inside mm-hmm. and I was able to kind of like just enjoy being on the race a little bit more and new experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to think of what other months. I mean, if those are the two specific yeah. ones that stick out to you, I think that's so cool. The Philippines and East Yeah, Watini. those were the two specific ones. And then after that, I mean, 
all, every single country we we visited, I probably would visit again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All eleven. Interesting. All 11, I'd probably visit again. That says a lot. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And huh. would you want to like go back and visit hosts and yes. stuff? So I I am still in contact um, with our hosts in um, in the Iswatini, and then also listen okay. to. Um, yeah, of course. Seppo, he, um, we WhatsApp every now and again. And who wow. else do I still stay in contact with? Um, South Africa um, was pretty cool. Okay. So our hosts there. Oh, yeah. Um, it kind of. Yeah. Oh, you were. Yes, we were there together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever we found out we were going to New York for our layover yes. and everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. But yeah, South a Africa great month. was a good month too. Very. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cool, Sharon. I'm glad. That honestly makes me really happy that you would say, even with all of the struggles that you had throughout the year, or the fact that you just said, you know, I thought about going mm-hmm. home. You know, like almost halfway through yeah. Swatini. The fact that now you say. Like, you would love to go back to any of yeah. those countries. I think that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah. looking back, you kind of see where God was, like, I, well, I see where God was, like, working on me. Because um, mm-hmm. I always thought I was a patient person. <laughs> and yeah. then throw in the squad and, you know, <laughs> traveling and countries and mosquitoes and, you know, like, mm-hmm. that'll teach you some patience you know <laughs> so yes yeah it really puts things in per- into yeah. perspective yeah yeah and I think I, it took my prayer life to a whole nother level <laughs> yeah so, oh yeah. good yeah because that's an opportunity that you can either take mm-hmm. or leave like you can choose to press into that more and to take more mm-hmm. things to God and kind of spend more time with him and really be intentional mm-hmm. with your time or not and sometimes it's a mixture of both I know for me for sure it was a little bit of both but that's really cool too that you feel like it strengthened your prayer life yes well now the fact that you are back in New York I would love to hear more about what you're currently up to because it's such a contrast to some of these experiences you had in these other countries so back in March of this year I actually went back to working at the hospital I was working at before the race. So actually it was kind of around the time COVID had just started, you know, you started hearing about COVID. So I remember for my orientation, we all had to wear masks. Um, (laughs) And so definitely March was, was when I started there. Um, And yeah. And so that was weird because I was at a different campus. Um, of the hospital than where I was before the race. Um, but same hospital, um, same department, um, different people, but, um, similar job duties. Um, and it kind of, it was hard because I remember thinking here I am, you know, sitting at a computer eight hours a day, looking at an Excel Mm. spreadsheet, um, you know, it was the, it was the finance department and I'm thinking last time I was in this situation, I was preparing to go on the race and I was happily wow. leaving it all behind, <laughs> you know, oh, and so here I was doing it all over again. Oh, that would have yeah. messed with me. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of, I think I had to 
go back to the Lord and there's that word again, processing mm-hmm. and saying, okay, yeah. I'm here. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Like, is this my ministry now? You know, cause life is ministry. Ministry is life. Like is what's the purpose in this? Um, yes. And I didn't really get a specific, like, this is why you're, you know, you're here in this specific place. Sure. But no thundering no, cloud moment. No, but, um, <laughs> but um, years before, I had wanted to pursue social work. Um, and wow. yeah, and so the opportunity came up. And so um, I'm no longer at the hospital, but I am in the process of getting my social work degree. So oh you're doing it (laughs) so that that's yeah (laughs) this will be your second master's degree yeah that is crazy crazy. Sharon my life has a lot of curveballs in it (laughs) (laughs) you're so cool (laughs) god god's taking me on this uh a different uh what is it the road not traveled or whatever (laughs) yeah less Less traveled, traveled maybe um Wow. So, but I'm excited because I think at the end of this specific journey of getting this degree, um, I will be in a position to, you know, advocate for the less, you know, for vulnerable populations. And I'll be able to, it'll be like a helping field, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. for some people sitting in front of a computer for eight hours a day looking at Excel spreadsheets is their ministry, you know? Um, But I just know for a fact now that that's not my ministry, you know? Um, And so I'm excited to see what social work, um, what doors that will open for me in the future. So, Hmm. Wow. And even the fact that there was that story you brought up a few minutes ago about that man who suddenly found himself Mm -hmm. homeless. Yeah. Um, and the fact that your your heart really ached for him in his situation mm-hmm. and that you were coming from an experience of coming across marginalized people groups mm-hmm. all the time yeah. overseas and then being back where you were, knowing that you did not want a desk mm-hmm. job anymore and now you're pursuing mm-hmm. social work in order to do some of that active service towards those yeah. people groups that were pulling on right. your heartstrings. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And so I'm excited. Um, the process to get there, of course, is going to be hard with a lot of bumps in the road. But I yeah. am excited to see, you know, what God will do with it. So. Oh, my gosh. Do you like school? Do you enjoy being a student? I do. I do. Um, I Good. was looking at um, my Twitter, which I don't use anymore, but like. I okay. remember my uh, I think my profile says student of life student for life <laughs> Whoa. I, I remember writing that like like years ago but like I'm literally living that out <laughs> but I think it'll it'll definitely open a lot of doors and I mean my previous degree was in public health so I mean there are definitely um a lot of yes you know intersection between the two so yes uh, yeah. so cool I'm really psyched for you. Like, that makes me very excited to hear. I think it makes so much sense yeah. for you. I love hearing that that's what you're yeah, pursuing. I, I want to, at the end of every day, I want to have helped someone. Yeah. And I just wasn't mm-hmm. getting that at my job in 
the finance department. So, um, and yeah. you know, because, and I, I feel like even for those listening, like you don't need a degree to help people, you know, don't, I don't mm-hmm. want people to hear that. Um, you know, you don't, yeah. you definitely don't need a degree to help people. And as Christians, the Lord calls us to be that light and to, um, to serve others. Um, and so we all have mm-hmm. that call whether or not we have a degree specifically to be licensed to, you know, to help others, you know, I don't want anyone yeah. to be like, Oh, you know, so <laughs> I got to go get my second <laughs> right. master's. So I don't want people to hear that. Yeah. So, you know, we're all called to serve mm-hmm. wherever we are, however we are, you know, so if the Lord had called me to stay, you know, with the finance department, I, you know, it, it would have been my responsibility to figure out how I can help those sitting around me, those, you know, I come in contact with on a daily basis to even seek them out. Like, I love hearing about the people on the yeah. squad who are like feeding the homeless in their communities, like making sandwiches yeah. and like serving like um, mm-hmm. you and uh... <laughs> me. I'm blanking. <laughs> Melissa. And, That's okay. And, Melissa. Yeah. Sydney. So, and yeah, Stella's so here like now. I mean, that's what it's all about, yeah. you know? So, yeah. That's a word, Sharon. <laughs> yeah. That's good. What a good yeah. reminder. Yeah. I want to ask you in these, like, last few minutes, um, I don't know. I guess it's about kind of the current political climate mm-hmm. a little bit. I just, I value your opinion a lot. Whenever we got together for our squad reunion in Colorado mm-hmm. this summer, um, one of my favorite little moments was sitting with you by the mm-hmm. stairs in that Airbnb and just talking with you about what had been going on. I mean, at that point, everything with like social justice and the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter movement and the recent police shootings and everything mm-hmm. had just happened. But um, any time, no matter what's going on in the world, I have found myself even throughout our 11 months um, just finding a lot of comfort in talking to you and hearing your perspective. And I think several people would mm-hmm. agree with that. Um, but I guess I just, I'm curious about how you feel about all of it that's going on currently, like with the upcoming election and with, I mean, there's been mm-hmm. a debate now, all of these issues are really mm-hmm. heated up and people are talking about them a lot. And it's easy to kind of get lost in the chaos and the yeah. fray of everything. Um, and I'm just kind of curious how you, yeah, what your perspective is and what it's like, I don't know, going into the election in, you know, less than a yeah. month. I mean, that's a huge question. <laughs> how much time It do is. And answer it however you like. <laughs> um, no, that's a huge question. Um, because it is so, I feel like a lot of the issues are so personal. Um, mm-hmm. And they feel personal, you know, because like a lot of these issues. Yeah it kind of feels like it, it almost feels like an, like an attack on like your, you know, my race or any, my color and things like that. And so it's yeah. just, I know for myself, some days I can't even listen to the news. I can't even check social media. You know, I just have to, yeah, yeah I have it's to be so like much. in the right headspace to kind of look, you know, um, and listen. Um, but I think, hmm especially in this year, I think I was telling you before um, that in 2016, I didn't vote. Um, yeah, I remember, you told me that. I don't even remember what was going on in my life at the time, but I remember just 
I just remember making the conscious decision. I don't know. So I just don't know, Yeah, you know? And so I feel like this time around, because everything is so heated, like mm-hmm. we just don't even have that opportunity not to be involved now, you know, like, like all of us, no yeah. matter, you know, no matter how you vote, as long as you vote, you know, and, you know, and to mm-hmm. make sure that you're, you're getting out there, but um, I don't know. I was talking to my mom the yeah. other day and she was saying that we were, she was, I'm trying to remember the phrasing that she said, but just the fact that we, like all this chaos that's here now, at least we have, we know the truth. Like Jesus is Lord, mm. you know, and that's literally all that matters. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah, not that's that all so true. issues don't matter, but at the end of the day, right he's in control, you know, and as yeah. long as, mm-hmm. you know, you're on his side, then then you're good, <laughs> you know, so yeah, and we're not promised right. peace, like peaceful lifestyles right. or right. anything. I mean, all of the issues aren't just going to go away because right. he's in control and that we know that he's in our situations and he's working in right. our country and stuff because nothing will actually be brought to full completion right. and back to, you know, exactly. perfection until, right. you know, he comes back. But it is, it's so comforting right. to know. Right. And like, he's the judge, you know, we each, you know, will have to stand before him for our own actions, you know, and so we each you know it's it's an individual matter um and so that's why we need to be getting the word out you know jesus is lord you know Mm -hmm. so i think that's what's important um Mm -hmm. yeah but it's it's it sounds like you have a good perspective on it it's really rough because you know as a i feel like i don't know there's so much i could say about the topic but it's (laughs) yeah like you said it's a huge question there's so many little caveats you could go off of so i don't know but Hmm. well i i appreciate that kind of you know to bring Mm -hmm. it back around like that you know what actually matters what truth Mm -hmm. do we know that's what we can lean on and that's where our hope is secured but and it doesn't negate the problems that are at hand and the struggles that we as individuals are facing or we as a collective group as the american people are facing um but it if anything it amplifies the need like you were even talking about earlier of being the hands and feet of jesus and loving the Mm -hmm. people around us and it's not about winning a political argument with somebody whose opinion differs from us. It's not about trying to get the last word, or it's not about trying to convince somebody that the way that they, that they see the world is wrong and that our way is right. It's not about any of those Mm -hmm. little things, but it's trying to support other people and to still, uh, you know, walk in what Mm -hmm. you believe in um, and your kind of personal convictions about political issues or whatever. But like, what is something practical that you mm-hmm. can do with loving somebody? And I think that just simplifies it a lot. And it gives you something to look right. forward to. Right. And it gives us, a, well, and it also gives us more of a, because I feel like a lot of times when you think of, you know, just even like the government, like the election process and like all of these little issues or uh, big issues, really, you can get overwhelmed, yeah. you know, 
And that's why um, Jesus said that we have to keep our minds on him because we will get overwhelmed if we just think too far in the future, think too big. Like, that's why we have to have our foundation on his word, you know. Um, And his word Mm -hmm. says we are to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So we have to, like, we can find comfort in that because that's something we can do. You know, like, I can't Hmm. go out and change everyone's you know, everyone to make everyone love each other, like (laughs) black and white and all these colors. I can't do that. But what I can do is in my own circle, Mm -hmm. I can love you. I can love you. You know, I can serve you. You know, I can feed the hungry and do all these things, you know. So it's. I think it's important to focus on what we can do. (laughs) Yes. I love that so much. And not focus on what we can't do. Because I think a lot of times that's what it is, especially on social media. I feel like there's like this huge platform that we all have. And sometimes we're just focusing on the wrong things, you know, Um, myself Mm. included. And so when you get off of Instagram or whatever, you're just overwhelmed. And it's like, well, I guess my mind wasn't on Jesus. So, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Yeah. You can become so distracted in all of the mess. I think we got to end it right there. That's a great spot okay. to leave it. I really appreciate you entertaining me with that question, though, really, because I know that is a, that's a big conversation. And just so anybody listening knows, I mean, Sharon called me. Um, was yeah, it right so after it was the, the debate? Morning, the, the next day? The or <laughs> One of the best phone calls I could receive the morning after a contentious debate like that is a phone call from Sharon Mosley, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. made me so yeah. happy but morgan is oh, gonna run for man. president one day <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> sharon you tell me that all the time and i would i mean i'd love to know how that's gonna happen but that's funny you well, always not for that president up. Like, some like office something something, something. yeah senator, we'll figure senator, something senator, out <laughs> something something oh my gosh you know we'll talk about that later <laughs> Sharon thank you so much for doing this I appreciate it very much you're oh, such thanks, a joy to Morgan, talk to you too. we love Sharon yeah wow Sharon I really I just really like her if you don't know her personally you're missing out. Anybody who's listening to this that does know Sharon, I know you can relate to me. When you see her, you just want to squeeze her. You want to pour a cup of tea and sit down with her and enjoy life together. She has just got something about her. And so a little recording on a podcast does not do it justice. But anyways, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I hope you did too. Thanks for listening. See you later.